Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are starting the week on a strong note. Investors are shrugging off concerns about rising COVID-19 cases in the U.S. to buy Asian tech and financial counters instead. Tokyo and Sydney are both up more than 1% in early trade. Seoul is in positive territory as well. What does the week ahead hold for us? And how will investors react to Singapore's elections? I put these questions to Ryan Huang. All right, Ryan, the Singapore markets reopened this morning following a long election day weekend. The PAP returns to government with a supermajority. The opposition won a second GRC for the first time. We're only a few minutes into the trading day, so still too early to draw any firm conclusions about what investors are saying about how markets are likely to react to election results. What have you heard? Ryan. Yeah, there is uh, a few expectations and I have to say I've heard things across the board. So on one side of the spectrum, you have a bit of optimism and that's because uh, we've got the PAP back into power, like you mentioned, um, but with more voices in parliament. So some people are um, thinking this in the long term will create more resilient and robust policies because you now have more debates happening in Parliament. So this is one of the um, thoughts coming through from Justin Tang from United First Partners. So he's saying you know, a diverse set of voices will mitigate any potential um, risk of groupthink. So that's good news for companies, especially the um, government-linked companies, the GLC. So he's saying that will be something to watch out for. And also coming through in terms of comments is um, Telemus Nirugan Tiruchalviam. He's the head of consumer equity research. He is saying no, any dips in the markets could be something to buy into because the worst, he says, is over for markets from COVID-19 and the US-China trade war. So he is a bit more optimistic. But on the other side of the spectrum, we've got Citigroup Research. So they have been tracking the numbers across the years, the previous elections, and they've noticed um, the one-month period after the polling day um, is done, when the incumbent has a poor mandate, so to speak, the markets react accordingly. So they are expecting a decline mm. of 3 to 9% in the coming 30 days. So that's something they are watching out for, and that's something they've noticed as well um, in elections that the PAP did not do well, for example, 1988, 1991, and 2006. And in the longer term, they have highlighted a couple of risks to watch out for. Uh, We might see new changes to foreign worker policies and also things that the opposition might push for, maybe higher pay for workers. So all that will trigger down to companies. Yeah, there have been some analysts saying that there could be an impact, the election results, that is, on the management of government-linked companies like SEMCORP and SIA. What do you think the thinking is here? Yeah, so it looks like the thinking is changing voices, more diversity. Uh, you might see a bit of a shake-up in terms of management for GLCs. So some of the ones they've highlighted include Singapore Press Holdings, uh, the likes of SEMCOP Industries. Uh, so that could be theoretically possible, but there are a lot of moving parts um, and a lot of you know, um, things when it comes to managing these GLCs. So not, um, pos- not ruling it out, but it might, it might not happen. And like uh, we talked about, a diverse range of views on how this might play out. 
Yeah, that's an interesting angle, that one. Singapore was not the only place in the region to hold elections over the weekend. Hong Kong's opposition parties held primaries to see who should run in the September Legislative Council elections. Now, some 600,000 people went to the polls. That's far more than expected. And some government officials are warning that these primaries may violate Hong Kong's new national security law. So, Ryan, walk us through this argument. I'm also wondering what investors are saying about this latest turn in Hong Kong's story. Yeah, so just to wind back the clock a bit, you've got a new security law kicking in sometime in the start of the month. And what that law says is anything that relates to subversion, collusion, anything that might undermine the Chinese rule of law is illegal. And there are many broad ways to interpret these laws. So with um, voters going to polls for you know, the opposition primaries to vote for pro-democracy uh, candidates, that can be interpreted as going against the rule of law of China. So that's one risk that um, people are highlighting, uh, why this is some so-called illegal. So despite that, there was still quite a strong show-up. And that is, I think, going to be another boiling point or flashpoint for um, relations between the U.S. and China. And of course, something the markets will be watching very closely if this spills over into the streets in terms of uh, impact on businesses, uh, keeping shut. And of course, whether there's going to be any more uh, enforcement of these new restrictions or new laws that were um, passed at the start of the month. Uh, So all that is going to be in the balance uh, in the days ahead of this week. All right. Turning to currency markets, the safe haven allure of the U.S. dollar has been taking a beating as of late. The greenback posted its biggest weekly loss last week in a month. So two questions for you, Ryan. First up, why is investor enthusiasm over the greenback waning? So that is theoretically because we are seeing governments pushing down interest rates and also a lot of stimulus measures. So that means there is very little incentive for people to hold the dollar. Mm. And that in turn also means um, a lot of liquidity going into equity markets. So that means no, there is fewer reasons to hold on to safe haven assets like the US dollar. So we've seen record highs on the, on the stock markets, especially for the NASDAQ. So people are chasing the stock market right now. So not so much uh, keeping the dollar. So you are looking at the dollar losing around 0.5% for the past week. Conversely, it becomes more attractive to hold on to gold. So that is actually up over $1,800 per ounce right now. So that is a key level. And it is. Uh, it has been getting a lot of momentum in the past few weeks. And I think that is uh, something that investors are watching and um, putting more of their allocation right now. Yeah, possibly in danger of correction. Now, I'm going to ask a question that Stephen Innes posted to his readers over the weekend. He posed, what alternative is there to the US dollar? Well, hmm. that is a tough one because the US dollar is used across the world, whether you're buying oil, whether you're buying any commodity it is priced in US dollars. Uh, but the theory is maybe one day you might see the Roman B or the Chinese Yuan becoming the alternative. Um, so that is pretty much what is making the headlines uh, this week, especially with you know, the potential for the US to restrict 
the Chinese side from excess to US dollars. Mm. Let's move from the US dollar then to the Chinese renminbi. The Trump administration threatening to restrict Chinese access to the greenback, as you mentioned. We talked about that last week, actually, following the imposition of the new national security law in Hong Kong. But while analysts say this is unlikely to happen, the mere threat of restricted access has led Beijing to push more countries and companies to use the yuan. Tell us more. Yeah, so you are looking at China maybe planning for a plan B. And it has been seeing a lot of, um, I guess, effort by mm. the Chinese side to push the RMB for more um, international trading. For example, uh, when China exports or buys oils, it's been trying to get its contracts priced in RMB. And what's worth noting is the rise in the Chinese stock markets in recent months. Uh, a lot of foreign dollars going into China, that is pushing up the strength of the Chinese yuan. And now it's trading at around 6. Um, 9.862. That is the highest in um for the markets, the Chinese markets highest in nearly five months. And if you look at the Chinese yuan, is up for four straight sessions and its strongest close in nearly four months. Wow. Let's check in with local markets. I have 45 seconds on the clock. The STI rose a little bit more than half a percent last week, Ryan, trailing the Dow far behind the Nasdaq. How is it open on this first morning after the elections? Yeah, interestingly, it is down. It's down by 0.1% at 2,650. So pretty much flat, uh, not really tracking the rest of the region, which is in the green. And you've got Japan up by 1.5%, Korea nearly a percent up, and same for Australia. So maybe feeling the hangover from the election day. Hangover is a good word to use. Thank you very much, Ryan Huang there with Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.